everybody. So we are so excited. This is the start of a whole new podcast. Uh, my friend Stanford and I, we covered uh, Studio Ghibli Fest last year, and we thought, we're having so much fun. We got to keep it going. And everybody always wants more Disney, more Disney, more Disney, more Disney. So how can we cover Disney in a new, exciting way? So let's podcast about it. And we decided instead of chronological order, we're just going to do it random order. And so the first one that we picked is Cinderella. And Stanford is here to talk about Cinderella. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Thanks for having me here, Rachel. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, Cinderella has, is one of the first like sets of reviews that I did on my channel. I love Cinderella. And, oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. When I first started my channel way back... Uh, I think in 2013, I did uh, reviews of um, I did reviews of the Slipper and the Rose, the Glass Slipper, this animated film, and uh, and Ever After. So I oh, started cool. with those yeah. four. All these great filmed adaptations of this yeah. classic fairy tale. So good. And uh, and then, of course, then I added, when the new one came out, I added that. Yes. And I've also reviewed Cinderella 2 and Cinderella 3. See, Plus, I have my that's Disney canon. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they even watch those. <laughs> Cinderella 3 is watchable. It's okay. okay they, at least okay. they tried. There's some decent animation. Like, they tried to have a good story. Cinderella 2 is an abomination and should never be discussed. But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen either one. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that of the cheap quills, Cinderella 3 is in the top five. Oh, it's, good. Okay. It's one of the better ones, yeah. But, uh, but still, it's, it's still, it's still obviously nothing like this. It's a cheap quill. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, this you know, film came out in 1950, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun uh, Fun talking about it. It was their twelfth animated feature film, and uh, I think a lot of people think that Disney has more princess films than they really do. But up until Little Mermaid, there were only three. Exactly, and, and this being the second one, and uh, I, I agree with you. It's really interesting if, if people really think about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's these <laughs> latter day ones that are more uh, princess oriented. It seems like yeah. Right? Because we, we had a lot more. Yeah. Because in the 90s, Ariel, we had, uh, well, yeah, in the know. 90s, in the Renaissance, we had like four or five. So I think maybe that's what gives them yeah. that impression. But, um, right. Uh, so one thing I think is really fascinating about Cinderella is that the story has been around for forever. I mean, it goes way back, and you can find sort of Cinderella stories and versions of the story in like tons of different cultures and. And uh, there's so many different film. It seems like every like four or five years, there's a new Cinderella that's come out, yes. came out. Yes. And I'm just curious for you, before we kind of dive into this particular film, what do you think makes the story of Cinderella so timeless? You know, that's a really good question. And I've been thinking about that too, is, you know, preparing for this. The, uh, I think the concept of, of, being being downtrodden yet still having faith uh and then getting rewarded for that there's something that's just so satisfying in 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 this 
challenge, you know, coming through my hard trial, but there's a happy ending. It's like, you know, again, the light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing. So I think that, that, that's a real timeless thing. Of course, I think there's a, there's a romantic aspect to it as well, because she gets, you know, she gets uh, her prince in the end, right? Or she gets her man in the end. And that, what a happy thing too, you know, that mm-hmm. a man and woman would come together in, in, in such a happy way. Uh, so I think it's that combo, but what, what's your take on it? Right? Yeah, I have a similar take. I think it's, it's Nancy's story about hope and then about yeah. how bad things get, no matter how, how things that, that, that there's hope, there's that, that somebody will come and rescue you. Somebody will be there for yeah. you to help you. Uh, that I, that it'll pay off being a good person, being a kind person. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I think we all like to kind of, at certain points, especially in our lives, think of us as, being the persecuted one and being the one. Who's oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so absolutely. The, the idea of the fairy godmother is very, very sort of attractive and hopeful. And, and yeah. I think that I, it annoys me when I hear people that talk about it as an anti-feminist story because, Oh, the prince comes and rescues her. I'm like, no, he doesn't. No, the he fairy doesn't. <laughs> it's the fairy god. It's the fairy godmother. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. depends on the version of the of of the story, but uh, most of the versions, like, it's just that's not what the real like rescue is. The rescue is like her, her like, it's not like she's doing it to meet the prince and to fall in love and to like that's kind of the the the, the what just happens to happen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it's not like she's pining for the prince. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I especially love uh, in the slipper and the rose when uh, because in that one, like she actually has to to decide to come back to the prince because he's going to marry this this other woman. He doesn't he obviously doesn't want to, but he thinks she's gone. She decides to come back, and they don't have the trying on the slipper in that one, and. Uh, so it's even more sort of her choice. It's it's not a, uh, I'm going to rescue you. And it's the same way in Ever After, you know, where she says, this is, you've come to rescue me. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I already rescued myself. Thank you. Who isn't technically a Cinderella story. It's just the happen to have the character. So it doesn't count. But as far as like just the actual traditional story, it's really hard to screw up for me. I just love it. Well, you know, that's, that's great to hear. And that, and that all, all these other adaptations that hopefully you've enjoyed too, right? It's in, yeah. in one form, in one form or another. Yeah. Even though I they do. might not all be created equally, but I think all those are pretty decent films in their own regard, aren't they? Yeah. I even like the Roger Hammerstein Cinderella. I mean, I just love Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a great one. Yeah. So well, I think that Cinderella, it's really pretty interesting too, you know, in the context of, the history of the Disney studio, Cinderella is a very appropriate story. Yeah. I think for what was going on at the studio, because there they were, World War II had ended and the, the, uh, the studio was in a lot of debt and, and, and financial trouble. And Cinderella, you know, Walt had the I think the wisdom and the tenacity to go with a fairy tale that they knew that they could deliver. Mm-hmm. And, and did they ever, you know, and it, it, basically saved the studio and really propelled it to its next, to the next level. And I just think that's so cool that, you know, 
Cinderella helped them Disney transform too, mm-hmm. you know, into into uh, to really I think it's it's peak period, you know, in, in the in kind of the mid fifties to to Walt Disney's death. Is that your favorite time period, the Silver you Era? I. I I think I, it's hard to it's hard to pick a favorite because there's so much I love, but definitely, I think that the output in that period is just so remarkable because you yeah. look at the films, you look at you know Disneyland Park, and mm-hmm. and I just think it's 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 pretty remarkable what they you know yeah what they were able to uh, accomplish artistically and and uh, commercially. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's one. It's certainly one of my favorites for sure. And they had such a variety during that era, and it all started off with Cinderella. Cinderella, yep. (laughs) And I think it's just an easy movie to sort of dismiss as, uh, I don't know, as light, silly, fluffy, but I think it actually has some of the most emotional moments in all of Disney. I think it has some of the biggest heart in all of Disney. I guess they had basically Cinderella, Peter Pan, and Alice in Wonderland kind of that were in process. And yes. so they, they were kind of debating about which one to do. And they had Mary Blair art for concept art for all three. And they decided that, that I, th- I think there's this quote that like basically Walt was like, okay, we need to be sensible. <laughs> we need to make the most commercially su- yeah. you know, successful one or whatever. And uh, so they went with Cinderella as the, yeah. uh, the one. I found this interesting quote. I was doing some, you know, some research on this, Rachel, and, and Mindy Johnson, who's a Disney historian, who's written and contributed to a lot of different books and, and, and publications, was talking about this, this very thing. Uh, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just quote her. She, you know, she says it best. No longer the brash upstarts of the Snow White days. Walt Disney's stable of top talent was now full of seasoned storytellers and it was in their own best interest to secure their futures as well. And so Walt knew that working on, on, on a feature film like this again offered a chance for the artist to co- collectively envision the story. And then if done right, they knew they could save the business and ensure the future animation, which we already talked about. But I thought that was such an interesting idea concept that uh, here are these, here, here's this team I mean, they created Snow White, you know, in the yeah. 30s. And now they've even got more experience. And they've been through a lot. They've been through some seriously difficult trials. And, 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 and Walt knew that this, this was something that they could really do and deliver on. Sounds like mm-hmm. Roy wasn't completely sure. I think Roy was scared, for that, you know, just about the finances. <laughs> I get the feeling that he was always kind of yeah, scared. I, <laughs> I think you're out. That was his job, right? Yeah. He was always like, calm down. Yeah. Walt was the visionary. <laughs> and right was the practical guy. <laughs> because there were some people that thought that he should just close down animation. I mean, this yeah. happened multiple yeah. times through Walt's career. And right. that, because I think the live action was doing pretty well during that time period. And so there was some, you know, pressure to, um, to to just stop you know because the animation took so long back then and it was such an investment yeah i mean we don't even when we think now like i think beauty and the beast it was like two years from start to finish and now it's like just depends on the project i guess but like it's it's possible to finish an animated film 
very quickly now. Whereas back then it just, there's no way you couldn't do it. And yeah. so you'd be investing years of people's work and labor and expenses and everything. And, uh, and they had not done a fairy tale since Snow White. Right. And, so, and they hadn't done a full length animated feature devoted to one storyline since Bambi in 1942. Yeah. yeah. It's a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. So yeah, it, it's, it was definitely a, a really interesting thing. And to me, it's, it's interesting because uh, after Sleeping Beauty was to be a big failure, uh, they would not do another princess movie until Little Mermaid in 1989. And they had this idea that girls movies didn't sell, that they weren't, they weren't. And which is really funny to me because I mean, you just think Snow White, Cinderella, like, hello, <laughs> they kind of saved your I company. Know. The like, movies and then like made the studio. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Really Sleeping funny. Beauty. Yeah. The first film that all the nine old men worked on, which is kind of fun. Uh, yeah. It's directing anima animators. You want to explain who, who the nine old men are? Well, yes. Yeah. So the nine old men uh, were named by Walt Disney uh, kind of tongue in cheek uh, after the nine justices of the U S Supreme court. Right. I mean, as far as just a body of people, mm -hmm. but they were the nine animators who were just really the top animators at the Walt Disney Studios. Yeah. Uh, again, under the the uh, kind of the direction and management of, of Walt Disney himself. And, you know, even after Walt Disney's death, many of them continued to work on, work at the studio through mm -hmm. their uh, retirement. Yeah, and, you know, most of them did. Wolfgang yeah. Reitman is one of the most famous. He directed a bunch. Yeah, so, yeah, so the I Nine Old like Men... Uh, you had Lee Clark, Mark Davis, Ollie Johnson, Johnston, Mitt Call, Ward Kimball, Eric Larson, John Lounsbury, Wolfgang Wright, Reiterman, Frank Thomas. Those were the, yeah. the and uh, yeah, and uh, so that was the nine old men, and they weren't old, but but no. they were old in the sense of wisdom when he right, when he, and, and, and and so good at their craft, and I and I. And I love, I wonder how they felt about Walt referring to them as that. I can only imagine what some of those discussions that they had must have been like in, in, some, in you know, in the, I guess the sweat box for the screen, you know, in the screening yeah. room in, in the animation building with Walt and this, as they were discussing their, you know, their work and their peers' work, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know. I, yeah, uh, I think that you were happy uh, because whenever, I, I, I think whenever Walt, gave if he gave you some kind of like not that he was a mean man he was not he was just you know the boss he was the boss and so if he yeah. paid you a compliment like that then it was probably pretty exciting <laughs> oh seriously so, yeah um, or incredibly intimidating yeah <laughs> uh, i'm trying to think oh what's his name he, do you know the african-american animator Floyd Norman. floyd norman yeah floyd. floyd norman yeah so i saw um, floyd norman at comic-con and he was amazing and yeah, he's, uh, he's a remarkable man yeah. so great and he had just stories about because the whole lecture was all about the nine old men so he had stories about each one of them and well, just yeah, like because he had worked with each one of them yeah it was yeah. really cool it was really cool 
It's so, cool, and it's so wonderful. I mean, he's a treasure because he's just one of the few people alive still who worked with Walt Disney and mm-hmm. and and all and yeah, all of these you know the Nine Old Men and, and all of these mm-hmm. other animators and and business folks at Disney and he yeah, uh, yeah he he's and, really and he was very quick to defend Walt and yeah. uh, and that you know he had a love for Walt and. Uh, said that he felt like Walt uh, encouraged diversity in ways that other studios weren't. And uh, that, you know, because there's, you hear these, uh, uh, these people say, oh, well, he's this anti-Semitic or whatever. And, and uh, they, the, um, uh, the PBS crew, when they did their documentary, yeah. they tried, I read this whole article where they said they tried to like, find proof of all this stuff. And they're like, we, you know, and, and you figured yeah. that they would want something kind of juicy for their documentary. So if it was there, they would, exactly. you know, have it. So yeah. it's total bogus. Yeah. yeah, it's bogus. I'm so glad you brought up Floyd because I, I had the, I, I had a, just a kind of a fluke of a privilege to interview him. Oh for, no way! For when he was doing press for the, for that re-release of the Jungle Book. Oh. Uh, not too long ago, I can't remember when the Jungle Book came out again. I, you know, when they did a digital oh, yeah. and Blu-ray release of it and he could not have been you know more gracious i mean here he is doing interviews with all these strangers you know and, yeah and then just some you know random dude from utah who he's talking to but he was he was so nice but yeah as you say he was so direct and so clear about what it was like working with walt disney and mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't bring up anything about sure. you know uh racism or, or anything but he did and yeah. and and he just wanted it and to be clear that you know wall was a tough boss but he was a good man and, yeah. and that was uh i mean and i think a tough boss in the way that he was really trying to bring the best out of the best work out of people and yeah. and and uh, you know the, the person in the pudding with all these movies you know yeah. <laughs> and i just admire walt so much in the sense that he was always pushing things forward i mean i really feel like he would be pretty disgusted with these remakes not that we want to get into it too much but just like i i he was all about just continually pushing things something forward yeah. yeah and he never did a sequel his entire career and it, maybe with live action there were some but as far as the animation that's just really impressive because that would have been very tempting and easy to sell to the backers and to everything like that you know we're going to do snow white too we're going to do whatever and I'm kidding. It's too, yeah. And, <laughs> um, so anyway, it's really interesting uh, to talk about the, and you had this amazing team of animators at this time, like you had the Nine Old Men, of course, but also people like Mary Blair. And if people listening don't know about Mary Blair, she was an amazing artist. And uh, she, there's multiple books just with her artwork and her concept artwork is so beautiful. Yeah. Cinderella um, for uh, It's a Small World. She was heavily involved with that uh, for Peter Pan. And um, there's another one. Alice in Wonderland, of course. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland yeah. is probably the most influenced by Mary Blair's art, the way she used yeah. the, the way that Alice in Wonderland uses geometric shapes like the, the, the dress of the Queen of Hearts is actually hearts and trying, you know, it uses triangles and things is really amazing. And that was very influenced by her. And uh, by Mary Blair's wonderful work. Yeah. Yeah. What do you love about Mary Blair's oh, art? 
So much, so much, <laughs> Rachel. So I've got a couple interesting quotes about yeah, her that I, that I found. Uh, animator Mark Davis, who's one of the nine old men, uh, and Mark Davis, you know, now he was a wonderful animator. He was just a wonderful artist and, and designer, and he worked on a lot of Disney theme park attractions after, you know, mm-hmm. uh, too. But uh, what he said about Mary Blair is that in Mary's hands, colors worked like never before. And I think that's true. I mean, when you look at things, uh, Mindy Johnson, who again wrote this essay on Cinderella, was saying that in, uh, that her vibrant palette and sense of staging defined each setting, creating stunning visual imaginings while bringing the narrative completely into the fairy tale uh, as Disney originally intended. Uh, I just, people just, you know, can't compliment her enough. I think just... From just and you look at her pictures, kind of the genesis of Mary Blair, how that how that layout worked, or you know, different colors that they chose to use, or a different design that they that they chose to use. And uh, yeah, and you can you, really tell that in Cinderella. And you can especially tell it in Cinderella in the backdrops. The backdrops are so yes. beautiful, and They're that's what incredible. Yeah. That's what separates Disney from anybody else is that uh, is that they would have just layers of backdrops. And so it just looked so lush and so beautiful. And uh, that it wasn't just, you'd easily just have like a blue wall, blue background, you know? Yeah. Uh, But they pushed it further. And uh, scenes like at the palace, scenes of the kingdom, uh, certainly when the different transformations are just beautiful. It's just so pretty. And even different things too, which I've wondered, and I think that there probably are some references in some of the art that's been published, but even like the wallpaper of the house that Cinderella's living yeah. in, her, you know, her father's house, I think was definitely influenced by Mary Blair. Mm-hmm. And just these amazing, yeah, these amazing details that I think so often could be left out in, in something, uh, and, and, and the Disney animation team put them in. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about the film. Uh, it's of course it starts out with uh with cinderella it has a little introduction which i i i is also very influenced by the introduction by mary blair's art yes (laughs) the the title cards i think are mary blair's art yeah and And then that wonderful introduction which is just you know the storybook opens up and it's just (laughs) so classic yeah so classic and you see i love when you see lady tremaine and the girls in the window through the window I do too. and uh it's so good and yeah. um and so a couple of the really strong things kind of out of the gate i i uh, love uh eileen woods as cinderella Wasn't one of the, the strongest one yeah definitely one of the strongest uh, of the Disney princesses vocalists, her voice is so beautiful and it's so warm and comforting. Yeah, it's she's got a remarkably beautiful voice, particularly for this. Yeah, for this role, and it's so great that it's both she's both the speaking voice and the singing voice. You yeah. know, which was typically done too during during these films. And I, I agree with you. Is she's 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 just fantastic. Yeah, and. Uh, so Lady Tremaine, uh, was, um, sorry, Lady Tremaine, of course, was Eleanor Audley, and she is an, a, a very, very important 
a voice actress for Disney. She did yeah, for Disney. Yeah, she did this and she did Maleficent. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting too. Again, in the same essay by Mindy Johnson, in in pulling out some sound quotes from Ellen, Eleanor Audley, uh, uh, Eleanor was saying that she believes that Lady Tremaine was like Cinderella was her best work. And, oh, really? Interesting. And I thought that was interesting. And I mean, you'd wonder if she oh she'd go with Maleficent, right, or some, yeah. something else. But Lady Tremaine really is such a deliciously bad character and she yeah. just voices her so well and i and and there was also some quotes in there from some of the animators saying that because of her outstanding voice work that really helped them how they you know made the it with all, with all the characters but how they how sure. they made her character yeah i i just love the way that like her whole mission in life is to just control one person is it in the way, I mean, she has a cat named Lucifer. You can't get anywhere like evil than that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's so such an evil cat. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. She's just very, like, she's not a big shouting kind of, uh, kind of a villain, but more of the like, oh, uh, just, it's almost worse. The villain that's just going to make your life yeah. miserable. And, but not, yeah. You almost wish that that she would just shout and scream. Like the worst that she, I think, I I feel like is when she says "girls," you know, "girls." Yeah. <laughs> that kind of a is about as loud as she gets, which kind of makes her scary. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the most terrifying scenes with her is near the f- first where she, uh, you know, the Lucifer puts traps Gus Gus in the cup. Oh yeah. You know, the cup ends up in in uh, one of the sisters' yeah. rooms. We have time to play practical jokes, do we? Yeah, and it just it just that reveal, you know, Cinderella walks into that dark bedroom, and yeah, and, uh, she's she's in that giant bed, and just yeah. kind of in, in the shadows, petting that horrible loose fur, and just think, <laughs> this is one scary, you know, yeah, woman, the and it's just so beautiful, yeah, and the draperies. <laughs> I just did them. Do them again. <laughs> Okay. so good yeah oh, she's good she's so evil <laughs> um yeah and i i think that it's a mistake to pin cinderella down as a weak character because she she is somebody who uh it's easy to kind of maybe think of her that way because she's not like a bell who's like oh you know big and bold like she doesn't have an i want song she has an i dreamed kind of song uh, but she's somebody who is just unrelentingly positive in the face of horrible things. And I think that could be cloying, but they pay off, uh, and we'll talk about it more, but uh, they they pay off in the moment when she needs to lose it, you know? And and, uh, and so to me, she's actually a really strong character because it takes a certain degree of strength to be positive amongst all that adversity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really easy to like, I, I read this one article once where they, they were claiming that uh, they were claiming that uh, Aurora and Cinderella and Ariel were bad role models. Ooh, that got my, <laughs> that got me heated. I gave them a very strong response. Don't be messing. No. <laughs> yeah, what, not, yeah. What kind of response did you have? There's strength in softness and their strength and positivity. Uh, I don't think that everything needs to be like some big, bold response. 
But the thing that I think is special about Cinderella is that everybody loved her. Everybody was so loyal to her, aside from Lady Shemaine. Everybody in her life wanted to help her, and everybody in her life loved her. And that, I think, says what a special person you are. And yeah, they might be mice and birds and stuff, but yeah they you know they're they're the characters in this in this movie and yeah. uh and they love her and they want to help her so much they i think that her. says a lot yeah, loyal to her mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so i don't think of her as a weak character at all and i don't think either of those others are weak characters or bad role models and it's it's all about how you like how you use it to teach lessons i think any dis any disney movie you can watch with your kids and there's a lesson to be learned I really do. I think even the like not so good ones. I still think you can. You, there's a lesson there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so anyway, yeah. all right. So yeah. of course we have the mice in the yes. in the mice and, and the birds. The birds and, and the, the birds. Yeah, in particular. Yeah. <laughs> and did you watch that video I sent you? Yes, uh, it was fascinating. Interesting, I'm, huh? I'm so glad you said it. So this video, Rachel sent me this uh, this video that has. The soundtrack, both pitched for as it is in the production, you know, the in the finished product with the mice, and then the original track that just with the regular human voice before, Voices. you know, it had been a, they had been altered. And oh, I thought it was it was fascinating. Did you have a preference? I mean, did oh, you I definitely like? prefer the squeaky. I do too. I just there's, just there's something that's just so satisfying to me about uh, about how they how they did that and and you know they speak i guess some kind of a pigeon english but it's so charming you know it's just yeah. it's just it just it works they're really, they're really mice works. they should have squeaky voices it, it feels weird for them to not have squeaky yeah. voices at least in this maybe in like the right. rescuers you can get away with not having squeaky voices but um but for this kind of story it's just i don't know it feels so weird maybe it's just because i'm used to it the, the one way but right i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the the mice are such a great addition uh again because they're you know they we're talking about they're so loyal to her they're like they're her they're her family they're her yeah they're, they're do you yeah. think that there's too much of them do you think that's a flaw in the film well too, you know too much I, mice lucifer shenanigans i have to tell you I, no i i don't because i think one of the joys of the film is how that story is 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 mapped out because again sure some of that stuff is not necessarily critical to the plot or they really stretch you know one of those scenes is really stretched out for yeah for gags or for some kind of dramatic effect but i've always loved it and again i i was really trying to pay close attention to, to every scene of it when i was rewatching it you know for this just to see if there you know if there'd be something that i i was critical about and uh, no, personally, I, I yeah. it just it, it really it works for me, and maybe it's a combination again of sentiment, being sentimental about it, uh, but uh, but there's just it's a type of storytelling that I just think really really works. It was interesting to to learn too from this Mindy Johnson article that I read that Walt Disney was involved. He went to every story meeting for Cinderella, mm-hmm. and and. I think they were just trying to iron out these extra characters and different things too were really important. They wanted to make sure that the, you know, the, the mice, that it, mice worked, that Bruno the dog and, you know, and the, the horse worked as part being part of her team that they didn't take over and they weren't 
getting in the way, but then, then they'd be sympathetic and then you'd be rooting for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, oh yeah, I don't know. And I, and I think too, that another reason why I like your age is for me, the gags work. I think they're funny. Like I always love that scene where the, uh, Jock and uh, Jack and Gus Gus are trying to get the, uh, that necklace that the oh, bead, yeah, yeah. and, and, and then it breaks and you know, they're like putting them on, on their, <laughs> their tails, tails and hat and all the stuff and loose first. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, I, I, I love it. I think uh, it's, what's your take on it? Sorry. That's a very long answer. No, I, I, I agree. I enjoy it. I think they're fun. I, I, I guess I can see if you're not like as into animation as, as we are, that maybe yeah. they're a little indulgent, but I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I, like it's it. Fun. I think I think it works. And also, you know, it's a film of, of its time, even though I think it's timeless. But also you can see, yeah, this film was made, you know, late 40s, early 50s when that was uh, part of the style, you know, yeah. part of the, anim- the, the storytelling used in animation. Because some of those even feel like, some of those segments even feel like that they're a short. A, a short. You know, they could, yeah. it's like these com- little composed scenes that, where there's just all this mayhem going on and that it's just funny. Yeah, I just enjoy it. Yeah. I don't need everything to all be leading to a plot, you know? Like, it's, it doesn't all have to be some kind of puzzle that all fits in perfectly to the plot. And so it's interesting, the music in this movie, because it feels so much like a Sherman Brothers type of music. Of course, they hadn't met Sherman Brothers yet at this point. Uh, but it was... Um, uh, songs it was written by three people mac david jerry livingston al hoffman wrote the songs and there's a um cinderella a dream is a wish your heart makes sing sweet nightingale the work song bibbidi bobby boo and so this is love so seven songs and uh of course the first like real song i mean cinderella i guess but the the first uh big song we get is a dream is a wish your heart makes and which hello i mean does it get any better than that i don't think so not for a disney flick it's so good it's so so good it's one of my favorites it'd probably be in my top 10 for sure of my favorite disney songs for sure mine too mine too i guess such hopeful lyrics i mean again a beautiful it's just a beautiful song Mm -hmm. beautifully sung by eileen woods beautifully sung yeah you know and and uh just and just again perfectly animated and and, and just wonderful yeah. so then get the working song which uh, the work i song. i love the work working song it's, it's just it's, it's 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 so it's just it's so much fun that's just again i think that's just part of the i remember you know as a kid watching this movie and just thinking this is so cool that these animals are, you know, they know how to sew. They like know how to, you know, create that that uh, uh, lift, you know, uh, with yeah. a shoe that's got all the supplies in it or whatever that helps them get to the top of the mannequin and and uh, go and around just, in circles just, till he's really yeah. really dizzy. <laughs> and such clever rhymes and yeah, uh, it's, it's and again, really and, fun. And the squeaky mouse singing, which is. Perfect. You know? Yeah, it's way better than the regular people singing, for sure. Yes, yes. I agree. <laughs> I agree. 
Um, so yeah, and uh, then we do get the Sing Sweet Nightingale sequence, which is, mm -hmm. I think, one of the most beautiful sequences in the movie. Yeah, uh, it's gorgeous. She's, she's, it shows how just positive she is. She's so positive. She's cleaning the floor and the bubbles, and I love the animation on the bubbles. Yeah. You see her reflection in the bubbles, and uh, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. And again, the colors in that scene too, because again, I think that's very Mary Blair, you oh. know, kind of that, that, those black and, and magenta Green, in different ways that yeah. they, yeah, that they were representing the bubbles and the reflections. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, the animation is, it's remarkable. I mean, who knows how many bubbles that they had to animate a bunch and not to mention all the different versions of Cinderella, you know, in, in the bubbles too. And then it's, a, it's cool another one. Yeah, it's another one that's totally unnecessary for the story. But like, I like I like these Disney movies that let you just kind of live with the characters a little yes. bit, just kind of get to it's be their so friends. Fun. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. We don't have that as much now in in modern animation. Like everything, like even something as great as Coco was, it's all very plot focused. It's all yeah. very kind of part of the web to get you to the <laughs> the end. There's not sort of these little asides that are just sort of fun as much. I think today's audiences would probably complain about pacing. Yeah. You know, if some stuff, totally. if some additional stuff like that was put in because like, oh, I'm, you know, it's boring. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's, it's beautiful and you should enjoy it. As you see, you know, as you said so well, just this, uh, this extra moment you get to be with this really great character. Yeah. I mean, the only one modern one I can even think of, that had some of that might be like a princess and the frog kind of had some yes. sequences like that where you're yeah, like, yeah, I think they use, yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of influenced by, yeah, by Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So basically like the mice, of course we all know the story. The mice make the dress and she sees the dress and it's so beautiful and it's her mother's dress. And here's where we get the emotional payoff for that. That makes the character more than just like a happy go lucky, perfect you know, kind of character is uh, this, I honestly think this scene when they tear apart her dress and she is just like devastated and has like, I think it's the most devastating scene in all of Disney. Like maybe I, I think it's more devastating than Bambi's mom getting shot because that you don't even really see, you know, like this, you see, you see it getting ripped and you yeah, see like, you see, you see her you're face. Right there in the violent, that violent scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's tough. Those stepsisters, they are rotten to the core. It just yeah. it makes you it makes you just hate them even more, you know. And I and and I, I, I yeah, I can hear what you're saying. I it, it's it emotionally, it's really sad and so beautifully conveyed in the animation because again, as you're saying, you're just right. In there. I, I love how they just do those close-ups, oh. you know, and that it's just it's devastating. Yeah, and then. They go off, and this, and and you know, the stepmother doesn't even. She's like, "Well, good night," or whatever she says. I mean, what a jerk she is! You know, she doesn't even stop the girl, or she kind of does, but it's token, right? It's like after the fact, they've already destroyed her dress, and there's no way she could go to the ball. And she, Cinderella, runs off, you know, in that black room. Oh, just that, and one of my, I, I posted a gif of that on Twitter when I was watching, and one of my friends was like, "I can't even watch that scene. I can't." deal yeah. with it i'm like it's it's really that it's that heavy. emotional and, yeah. and and you see her crying on the on the bench and on she's, the bench. Oh, she's given up she's, just de she's devastated she's, yeah. she's given up this hopeful 
positive character has finally reached her limit. And like, how, who can't relate to that? Who can't relate to having yeah. that moment where you're just like, I can't take it anymore. I, I'm, yeah. I'm done, you know? Like, and you just hope right. that at that moment that you have somebody who's like, who's there to help you. And yeah. so and after that's- the kind of day she had to, I mean, yeah. <laughs> bless her heart. <laughs> You know, and and waiting so, all day. Yeah, working so hard. She gets this little bit of hope, and then it's just torn apart. And Literally. I and I love so the fairy godmother comes, and you have Verna Felton, who is a delight. Yeah, and I <laughs> love how the, I've always loved how the fairy godmother appears to her. Oh. How she uh, shows up, and Cinderella's crying in her lap. You oh, know, me too. And I just think, that was that was such a nice touch because she doesn't come in from afar, you know. She just she just like shows up and she's right there to comfort her. Yeah, I, I agree. That, I, I, I thought that was a really wonderful artistic choice. And I love when she says, uh, "She says nonsense, child. If you had lost all faith, I wouldn't be here." I just yeah. love that. Yeah, it's so exactly. good. So good. And, yeah, and Verna Felton, she was one of the queens of Disney voice acting. Uh, she was in she was in this as Fairy Godmother, of course, uh, but she could do villain or or hero. <laughs> she managed to have that that voice as because she was the Queen of Hearts. Uh, she was uh, Aunt Sarah in Lady oh, Tramp. Yeah, horrible <laughs> Aunt Sarah. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, she she was one of the elephants in Jungle Book. Uh, a lot of different roles, which is really cool. Really good. Yeah. Such a great voice actress. So good. And uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, of course we get, which is so great. One of the one of the great one of the great songs, you know, again of, of I think all the all of all the Disney movies too. Now this article Rachel was saying that you know this Mindy Johnson article she, she got. I don't know if she did the interview with Mark Davis or she, she read it somewhere, but according to animator, Mark Davis, Walt Disney's favorite segment of animation in any of his films was when Cinderella gets her dress. And, it, scene. and uh, it's certainly up there for me. Yeah. For you. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's true. I think it's terrific. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to rank things. <laughs> They're all yeah. So good. But I, it really, it really is great because again, the payoff is so good because Cinderella, the whole song, she's like, um, you know, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's taking care of all of it. Yeah. And 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 the payoff, the payoff is really great. But it, I just, I was happy to know that that was the scene that really resonated with Walt Disney too. Yeah. It's, 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 it's again, that's it's. I know the beginning the of Lady and the Tramp is one of his favorites. Yeah, uh, was one of his favorites. Slating wow. the Tramp, I think, was one of his How, favorite movies that he ever did. You, yeah, <laughs> which you, which should not be a surprise if anyone's been to Disneyland. Yeah. That Lady and the Tramp was his favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a magical scene. It's and it's so it it pays off so much because uh, because it had been so devastating and and you see her in that dress and and. Uh, uh, yeah, I love it too. It's definitely up there for me for sure. And um, the one thing that we didn't, I guess we kind of skipped over that I do think there's a little bit too much of the King and the Duke. I, 
all this sort of shenanigans of him like yelling and screaming like a mad person and uh that could have been reduced in my opinion <laughs> yeah that's but. a good point and i can i can understand where where you're coming from Again, looking at it on this on this preview on this viewing, but also previous series, for some reason I strangely like it. I, just, <laughs> I think part of it too is the the quote unquote physical comedy that they put into it because yeah, uh, I mean the king is insane, you know, he's a crazy, uh, but it's just so fun. I just think how how they animate him and and all the different props that he's doing and like, you know, isn't the, the very first thing you opening up and he's just violently throwing things at the duke yeah. Axe, yeah. So, you know stuff off I his mean, desk or whatever and, and this I man mean, he's, wants he's crazy, but. this man wants grandchildren like something fierce like he's yeah it's it is, it's, it's a desperate it's a desperate yeah he's a desperate man desperate yeah. time for desperate, desperate man right and i didn't but realize I that they, they the duke and the king had the same voc- vocal guy louis von roland roden i didn't know that same vocalist well that's 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 what it says on here yeah it's interesting um yeah and june foray she did lucifer she's lucifer in one of her first if not her first film role which is really cool that was the first i didn't know that i think i think it's one of her first i I helped put together an obituary for her, you know, on, uh-huh. on a, uh, and I, I, I ha, you know, I have to look. I'm not sure if it was her first, but it definitely was one, one of the early. first. Yeah. So the only defense I will have for the king and the duke's scenes is that because we don't even really have a name for our prince, it's just Prince Charming, and he doesn't really have a whole lot of dialogue. I think that we we kind of need some of those scenes to kind of give the prince some character like we find yeah, out from the point. we find out from the king that we find out that he's resistant to get married that he's an idealist you know that he we just find out some things about the prince so it's an interesting it's certainly not a deal break or anything but it probably could have been a, a little shorter yeah now i hear you i, I I think too. I just am so wowed with how they uh, how they animated the interior of the castle. I oh, love that. Yeah. It's still in that same first scene where the the you know the king is throwing all that stuff at the duke, and then he's talking about just all those things that you mentioned about the prince, and he's showing those different portraits you know that are on the walls. <laughs> yeah. I just I love the I love the perspective, and I just I just love looking at these paintings. You know I don't know what it is. I love I love it when they put paintings inside an animated film for some reason i'm kind of kind of possessed about it well uh, he has uh, got to have like the largest bed ever (laughs) that's seen when they're bouncing on the bed too i just yeah it just i don't know it's just it's so it's so silly and it's 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 so fun because again just using all the wonderful things the animation can do you know that they're yeah, all that that blonde uh, stretch and they're defying gravity in all sorts of ways, and it's just it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. So no, I I yeah, and so uh, we they decide to throw the ball. They they get the invitation to the ball. Uh, so and then we have our scene with the the fairy godmother, 
and she gets, you know, whisked away, but she has to be home by midnight, the classic story. And uh, she's in her beautiful dress. And as soon as the prince sees her, of course, he, he first she's yawning. Mm. <laughs> because he's, meeting, he's meeting the stepsisters. Yeah. Like, you know, and then they're in the background. I mean, here are these just these noxious, you know, as, and as we find, you know, no really cruel women. And there's there's Cinderella, and then yeah. you know just kind of looking around, and it's it's a wonderful way I thought that how that scene was framed and, and, and put together. Yeah, yeah. And and then we have so this is love, and of course, like it's inherent in the nature of Cinderella that they fall in love at first sight. Let's just part of the story. What are they going to do? Have they even said? Have they even said hello? You know, <laughs> they're like in love. Yeah. And that's just part, they have to fall in love by midnight. Otherwise, the story makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. So they just fall in love, you know, yeah. at first glance. Right. And that's fine, I think. And, but it is a beautiful song. And they are, the animation in this, in that sequence where they're dancing and then they're out in the Such like courtyard or whatever. <sighs> yeah. It's like the, the whole thing oh. had like crystals poured over it. It's so pretty. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's so beautiful. And again, Mary Blair, yeah. you know, you see some of, some of that concept art where, uh, yeah, just the, the starry sky too. And yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. set, Rachel. It just, was just, yeah, every, crystals everywhere. And it looks, it looks so natural. Yeah. It's so surreal and wonderful. It's just this, it's this, it's this great fantasy with this really terrific song. You know, it's a, it's a duet. Cinderella starts singing, then the prince chimes mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and it's it's just it's terrific. It's just it's it's it's, it's so it's so great. And it still holds just, up, I think, as one of the better Disney love songs. Oh, absolutely! I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the miracle. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then of course she has to leave, and uh, with the, the clock the starts. The clocks. The clock starts striking midnight. Yeah, yeah. and she's got a yeah. She's got a race. She's, she's under, yeah, there's pressure. And I Which love, is, and that's a great sequence too. Oh, it's so good! Out of the castle, it's so, it's so well done. Yeah, uh, I was really noticing uh, again, or admiring. Really, I noticed it before, but admiring yeah. the editing of that. How they keep going back to the clock, and 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 all all of the commotion that's going on with her with her trying to, you know, leave and then yeah. the dude trying to find out who she is and not to mention the prince, you know, trying to get her name. Yeah. And I love when when she's just sitting on the road and there's like the pieces of the pumpkin or whatever and and just her like expression of like it'll always be in my dreams and yeah. that she just needed that one night and that was it. And oh it's just so And so it's great. gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I mean again she's what a great expression of gratitude she yeah. gives in, in that you know she's got she, she sees that she's got the one glass slipper left as, as kind of like i just feel like it's like her gift right right a reminder from the fairy godmother and she has that wonderful smile on her face and she just looks up at the heavens and says thank you yeah and, and, i know uh, it's, it's so it's good so wonderful. yeah yeah and so yeah so we know of course then you have the uh the the king finds out that the about this about the glass slipper and that the prince will marry anybody who fits into the slipper of course it's very small uh she's very dainty feet 
And uh, so he he says, okay, I'm going to take the uh, take him up on that. He's basically going to make his son marry whoever fits the slipper, who, no matter what, which is hilarious. <laughs> and so they go around, and you see uh, the you have this very chilling scene where Cinderella is, she had been humming and being sort of forgetful of things. And uh, so Lady Tremaine starts to kind of wonder, and you see the scene of Cinderella sitting at her vanity or whatever, and Lady Tremaine comes and locks the door. And it, it's pretty, it's pretty chilling scene. Locks her in, no, her, no. in, in her tower. Oh, it's very chilling because Again, Lady Train figures it out that she's the girl who was yeah. she was the mystery girl, and she was not she wasn't having it. Yeah. So, and she's got that key in her pocket, and it kind of uh, thuds, thuds, thuds. And so then we have uh, Jack and Gus. Yeah, Gus. the animals come. The animals come <laughs> to the rescue. I gotta tell you that scene was with Jack and Gus. Gus, as they're trying to get the key to Cinderella. Oh. Again, it's one of those that's. Maybe some people, think, um, I don't know. I, I can't say I've heard Ernie complaining about it, but I think it's just the best storytelling. It yeah. is so, they made something that could have been kind of a quick wrap up and turn it into an incredibly exciting uh, climactic scene in the film. Yeah. I, oh yeah, I agree. And I think uh, that it's just so tense and you see Gus and he's like clobbered by the, and he's looking up at the, that's a great animation too. When you see the stairs and it's like, almost reminds me of like, like it's vertigo. Yeah, it does. It kind of does feel like vertigo. And, poor Gus, Gus. and then they get all the way up there and you hear just such great voice acting in uh, when Lucifer's, uh, you know, she's like, go, go get Bruno, get Bruno. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I'm going to freak out. I know. I was like, <laughs> is she going to be able to get out of there? What's going to happen? You can, yeah. I mean, you know that you know the outcome of the fairy tale, but yeah, they still make it. It's so exciting. I just thought yeah. it was such good. It's such good storytelling. Yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid just being completely in just this and Sleeping Beauty were definitely like my favorite movies for sure, because uh, Little Mermaid didn't come out until I was eight, and uh, so yeah, Cinderella and uh, and because some of the other ones were a little too scary for me, like Pinocchio was definitely too scary for me as a little kid. <laughs> um i mean i remember yeah, seeing yeah. and even Pinocchio's snow white was dark, snow white's dark. pretty scary although i remember feeling like super yeah, brave about I, I was super so bra- the- i thought i was super brave about sleeping beauty i remember thinking like oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i loved all the disney movies but i remember especially loving sleeping beauty and especially loving cinderella as a little girl because they were just so magical and it is tense and you do care because you care about this character yeah, and all that she's you, had to go through. You care. Yeah, you really care. You really want this to happen. And again, you know it's going to happen, but you but they make it so tense. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 yeah. Really I've well always just loved life. fairy tales my whole life. I've never been big into fantasy. Like things like Lord of the Rings and I, I mean I now I appreciate it as an adult, but as a kid I was not into I was not yeah. into that kind of fantasy type books and movies and stuff. And, but fairy tales, I always liked. Yeah. I always liked fairy tales. I think maybe it's because they always end with a happy ending. And I don't know. I just always liked them. And yeah. And so she's able to get free. And just as the, the Duke is leaving, uh, you know, she says, wait, 
what about me? It's so good. And don't I get to try it on? I think is what she says, or and something like that. The wicked stepmother. Yeah, and the wicked stepmother in her one final. Oh man. Act of evil. You know, she, she trips. She trips the Duke's little helper there, who's got the you know the shoe on a pillow, and it yeah. breaks into it breaks into a thousand pieces. And then the ultimate, you know, the great reveal. The oh. great reveal. The Cinderella has the other the other sliver. And I love how they animated the Wicked Stepmother, too. They give her this look of just kind of shouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so great. because it's, it's just really like, good. Take that, you horrible. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. The good and people are going to win this time. And it's so satisfying. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Yeah. And then you get your final scene with uh with the prince and cinderella coming out in the wedding i love her wedding dress wedding gorgeous and those those bells i mean again the music's so great you know how they incorporate the bells into that yeah final theme and yeah she looks so very you know so pretty and she's back in the great coach again you know a different one but still this great coach and yeah the mice are there yeah and it was interesting because there was an article about how like Oh, they, about um, Disney weddings. And I was like, there really aren't, because this person was making the claim that like all Disney movies end with a wedding. I'm like, actually not. Like, <laughs> there's not that many that end with a wedding. You have Robin Hood, Cinderella. Um, you have Little Mermaid, uh, Princess and the Frog. So some of the princess ones have it. But most of them are, it's actually you know, they just together or whatever. They don't actually have right. a wedding and a wedding dress. Right. This and, one is, yeah. You know, like Tangled doesn't. There's it's not until Tangled ever after. And so uh so anyway, it's just kind of fun. It's just fun. And uh yeah, it's just I just love it. I love this movie. I think it's definitely in my uh fa- my top uh five disney movies oh yeah you know absolutely and i think i just think cinderella is is almost like the benchmark of the disney animated feature yeah that it is is so it is so good and people say oh it's pretty like as we said you know look deeper it's really it's really a terrific it's an entertaining film it teaches good things you know it's to kids it's a good it's a it's a fairy tale and, and you know the, and there's a happy ending and what's yeah. not to like what's not and to it, like about that there was this yeah. oh, go ahead I, I, I was just saying it has beautiful animation and beautiful songs so yeah oh the songs are so great and yeah. mindy johnson had this great quote rachel uh she's saying um that uh, much like his heroine cinderella Walt Disney and his team of artists overcame challenging circumstances to secure the future of the Walt Disney Studios with the success of Cinderella. And in the grand tradition of the fairy tales, they ensured that the art form of animation also continued happily ever after. And I, I, I like that a lot too, because again, the film was so important as we, as we've discussed, not only to the history of, uh, you know the studio but again it just can continue, continues on as its own and, and just in such a wonderful way as a really wonderful film and a great piece of art yeah i mean it because there they were animation had kind of reverted back to shorts and and uh 
yeah, I mean, everything it would have been very different if it wasn't for Cinderella. So we can all be very yeah. grateful, grateful for oh, it. And I just, I just love it. It's just, it's one of those movies I can put on and just like, I don't know. It's just so pleasant. It's such a pleasurable experience. I, I don't have, I'm, is, no, I'm not bored. I'm not, you know, I know. I just yeah, love it. So I'll just fast forward <laughs> through this scene. No. It's like, oh, awesome. It's this scene. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for me, it's like, I, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. It's me. It's perfect uh, score. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do too. I'd give it a 10. It's, it's, I think it, it's, it's a perfect film. So uh, we're really excited to continue the series every month. And we decided instead of picking a name randomly next month, and it's kind of perfect for Valentine's because I think the most romantic Disney movie, most Valentine-y Disney movie is it's a romantic one. Is Lady and the Tramp, even though yeah. it's about dogs. And <laughs> yeah, it's such a good one. And so, so I, I decided. Yeah. So the reason why we thought about doing Lady and Trap in February is because they're releasing Diamond Edition. Yeah, yeah it's like Blue that Walt Disney uh, signature line, you know, that they've got. Yeah. Uh, with um, and again, whatever that means, it's just going to be on digital Blu-ray and uh, yeah, hooray! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yes, please. Yeah, with a whole bunch of like special features and stuff. And special so. features and yeah. And Disney always, you know, I mean, thank goodness, they do such a wonderful job with these Blu-ray releases. I just feel like they always do such a great transfer of the film. Yeah. And, and, and they're pristine and, and just, and just terrific. And it's wonderful too, that they're making them available on uh, digital HD platforms too. So it's, yeah, it'll be yes, so we'll exciting. So yeah, that'll be fun to do in February. Cause I think that Lady and the Tramp is a movie that, that I, I don't know if, if I think the Lady and the Tramp is a movie that I don't know if, if all kids really know about it or they probably know the spaghetti scene, but do they, if they've seen it, do they know about it? And it's just such a right. sweet, lovely little film. They know what a, yeah, what a gentle, wonderful movie it is. Yeah, so I'm excited. So I, think I am too, and I, I hope that a lot of, of families will, will uh, reintroduce it or, or introduce it to their kids for the first time. Cause yeah, I wish they were releasing really onto the, you know, doing like a, uh, Fathom event or something like that. That would be fun. I fun. would love to see it on the big screen. I know. Because it was originally designed to be in Cinemascope. Mm-hmm. You know, so just so huge widescreen presentation. And, yeah. and uh, but, uh, but again, happy for a, a really nice transfer and the, 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 you know, they have the correct aspect ratio and, and you can at least enjoy the film as it was uh, intended. Designed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for talking Cinderella with me. This is so fun. So, uh, oh, yeah. Thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate the invitation. Thank you. I'm excited. This whole, I mean, it'll take us over, uh, it'll take us a while to get through them all, but it'll be really fun. Yeah, and it's going to take a while. <laughs> to it. And so, where can yeah, people find you? Uh, yes, I'm at, I'm on Twitter. It's at Stanford Clark. Uh, and I also have a movie blog, which is stanfordclark.wordpress.com. Awesome. Great. And we are going to be together again sometime this month talking about obscure animation. So uh, we'll look forward to doing that as well. So thanks again. And you can find me at, at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and at uh, 54 Disney Reviews on my blog. I have canon reviews on this channel and also on the 
uh, on the uh, um, blog. And so I'll put links to all of that, check it out. And, um, and uh, yeah, we'll get together for, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>